Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's now time to turn back the clock and catch up with some old friends of A's past, exclusively on A's Cast. This is Where Are They Now? Vince Catronio sits down with alumni of the Oakland Athletics to reminisce and discuss current adventures. Here's Vince Catronio. Great to be joined by left-hand reliever Daryl Knowles on our Where Are They Now episode. Daryl in town for the 72 reunion. Where'd you come into town from, Daryl? Uh, Tampa, Florida. We, we live near, uh, near Tampa in a place called Tarpon Springs. Great little town, and um, it's always easy to catch a flight out of Tampa, so it's, it's good. How l- it's just a long day flying. How long have you been in the Sunshine State? Whoa. That's a great question. Let's see. I moved to Florida in... Gosh, 69, I think it was, something like that. And, uh, but not always in Tarpon Springs. I lived in, in uh, St. Petersburg, and I lived in, in Clearwater for a while and moved out to Oldsmar. Then I wound up here, so in uh, Tarpon. So. I was in the central part of the state. I grew up in Orlando, and I wow. went to central Florida, so I, I, I know the state pretty well. Let's, let's roll back. Daryl Knowles, I, I, there's a lot to get to, certainly before you even got to the A's and, and the great moments with the club that won three consecutive World Series the one story I need to hear confirmed is the kid that struck out 32 batters in a 13-inning game. That must have been one heck of a day for Daryl Knowles. That was. That's a, that's a great memory, and uh, it's kind of hard to fathom. But uh, obviously I wasn't playing against uh, professional uh, players, but still 32 strikeouts was a lot. And obviously, again, as you said, it went 13 innings. And it was one of those nights. Just everything I threw was was good and, and – uh, you know we were talking about it earlier, but they wouldn't leave me in that long in, in in today's game. But but it was neat. It was great. The other guy struck out eighteen, and uh, and obviously we we won. Won to nothing. It would you know that story wouldn't be near as good if we'd lost. But how did the how did the Orioles come to to, to notice you, and how did you hook up together with with that franchise? Really a, a great pitching franchise back in the day. It really was, and that was a scout. There was a scout from Baltimore that had followed me through high school, and. Uh, he was there the night I struck out 32 guys. And the funny part about that was it was on a Friday night, and I played first base again on Monday, and a scout from the White Sox was there and asked to sign me and offered me $10,000. And my dad said, it's up to you. And I said, this guy's never seen me pitch. And he offered me ten grand, And I said, he sees me pitch, and maybe I'll get twenty. So I didn't take it. And I never saw that scout again. So I was lucky to sign when I did. Daryl Knowles joining us in our Where Are They Now segment. Daryl, all the players that you were with in the big leagues, guys certainly with the 72, 73, and 74 teams, we know a lot of those names. They pop off the page. One guy that, that has this great, I, I guess, uh, history that nobody really saw a lot of was Steve Dalkowski, who you were with in the Orioles organization. What was it like watching him throw a baseball? Well, when I played with him and, and wound up, and I played with him in, I think it was 63, in Elmira in Double A, he had lost a little of that fastball. He didn't throw as hard, but he was such a great athlete. Not a big guy at all, like 5'10", I think. But he threw very hard then, but he didn't throw that 100-mile-an-hour uh, or anything like that. And he had kind of crowded a little bit. 
And it was shortly after that, I think he was going to make the big club, and then he blew out his arm in spring training. But he was uh, he had some demons. Uh, the bottle got to him pretty good, and, and uh, he lived somewhere around in California here until he died. Uh, but he was actually a great guy. Uh, just had some demons, as I say, and, and loved the game, but uh, just never really made it. What were the challenges for you when you got to the big leagues and then suddenly in the span of three years, you were three different organizations? Are you saying to yourself, is it me? What's happening? Why can't I get firm footing with an organization? Because those first three years, you had three different uniforms. I did. I did. I came up my first full years with the Phillies. Gene Mock was the manager. Uh, you couldn't have a better first half than I had, and, and especially as a, as a rookie. And then, I don't know, it got later in the season, and I pitched a lot of ball games this year, I think 69, but most of them were in the first two-thirds of the season. And uh, uh, Gene Mark asked, and he, he went on record as saying he, he thought he burned me out, so he, the, he wanted to trade me, which they did. And then I went to the Washington Senators, and uh, it was probably the start of my success in, in the major leagues. They, they made me the closer. And it was great, you know. And then, then I went to Oakland's, what you're talking about. And I didn't really want to get traded to Oakland because I was the closer, if you will, with the Senators. But uh, I was over here in Oakland about two weeks, and I figured out this club's real good. And they were, and we, and we wound up winning, the, winning, the, winning the, the division, lost the playoffs, and then the next three years we won. So it was a great move. I was elated. Uh, I was happy just to be a part of it. I didn't like the fact that... I went from a closer to a setup guy, but that guy with that curly mustache kind of was the closer, so I kind of had to accept that. What happened with the broken thumb at the end of 72? We, we talk a lot about, you know, Reggie wasn't in the World Series in 72 because of the torn hamstring on the double steal. You were an important part of the bullpen, and you weren't available either. No, I, it, it was late in the year. Um, might have been the last week of the season, and Dick was letting us hit uh, as pitchers. And we're in extra innings, and we had two out, and he let me hit. And I hit a ball I thought was a base hit. I can still remember it. I thought it was going to be a, a double. And I tried to hustle out of the box, and I slipped. My back foot slipped. <clears throat> and I stuck my hand down and wound up breaking my thumb. And the guy in left field made a diving catch and caught it anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. I know you didn't play in the World <coughs> Series against the Cincinnati Reds, but you knew what was happening at that time. Everybody thought, here's the big red machine, and here's this – crazy bunch of guys with mustaches and the funny colors and what are they doing on the same field as us what was the conversation like as the series was taking place or getting ready to get underway inside the ace clubhouse about what you knew your club was capable of doing well i can tell you this that that we knew we were up against a very very good good ball club i mean uh, since it was tough i mean they, they that that was a great ball club uh and I think the fact that we got off to a great start in that series kind of turned everybody around. I don't think we really knew we could win until after that first game. And then Gino obviously hit a couple home runs, and we wound up winning the game. Raleigh had a great series. Uh, it kind of put us on the map, if you will, and everybody realized, hey, we can beat these guys. And that's exactly what happened. Darrell, when I look back at your career and I see, you know, the three years for the World Series for the A's, you didn't pitch in 72. You didn't pitch in 74, but you did something that only people can tie if they're fortunate in 1973, pitching in every game against the New York Mets. This is a team that won the World Series, your club, the 72 team, going back in 73, always difficult to repeat. How did did the machine, how did the ball keep going down the hill where you pitch in the game one, also in game two, next thing you know, you're pitching in every game against New York. 
Well, you know, going into that series, I was I just wanted to get in a game because I didn't, you know, I didn't pitch in '72 because of the broken thumb, and everybody wants to pitch in a World Series, and so in '73, I was just really happy that we got in. I wanted to pitch in one game, and uh, I wound up getting the save in game one. I was, if if that had been it, I'd have been happy, but as it turned out, I got in game two. I got in three, four, and five. I would not have been in game seven. And I thank Gene Tennis all the time because he made an error with two out in the ninth inning, and which allowed me to come in. And Raleigh had did a great job getting us to that point. But uh, I thank Tennis all the time about uh, thanks. Thanks for booting that ball, so it got me in the game. And tell me about the bat against Wayne Garrett. Yeah, well, Wayne Garrett is a good friend and still is a good friend and left-handed hitter, obviously. And uh, we had he was the tying run at the plate, and I, all I knew was don't let this guy hit a home run. So the first pitch I threw was about 55 feet, threw it in the dirt, and uh, Fossey blocked it, as he was very good at. And then the next pitch I threw, I, I made a good pitch on it and jammed him, and he popped it up to Campy. And I never saw Campy catch the ball. When I when I turned around and he was waving his arms like, I got it, I got it, I just started jumping up and down because I knew the game was over. So it was great. Can you, exp- can you explain what that feeling must be like? It's one thing to be – on the field, the last team standing, and to win the World Series. But you're on the mound throwing the final pitch of that 1973 season. Knowles back, throws a little looper. Campanaris goes back to the goddess, and it is it! The Oakland A's have won their second consecutive World Series championship. The first time that's been done since the Yankees of 62 and 63. And for the first time in the last seven World Series, one league has won two in a row. And that is, of course, the American League. Charles O. Finley being led off now, carrying an Oakland pennant as he heads for the dressing room. I can tell you this, in, in, in 15 years in the big leagues, I, I was like any kid in the backyard. I wanted to be the guy on the mound when that happened, and I loved that part. I loved being in the pressure situations. But I can honestly tell you that's the only time in 15 years in the big leagues I ever felt the pressure, and I knew that I could not make a mistake because it was going to cost everybody if I did. So with that said, uh, I like to think that I just sucked it up and made a good pitch, and, and we wound up winning, obviously, the rest is history. But and then 74, if you don't mind me jumping ahead, mm-hmm. Alvin Dark and I, he was then the manager. He and I didn't really get off a good start, and, and I didn't like him. I don't think he liked me because I didn't pitch very well for him. So I was there, lucky to be there in 74 and, and watched it all. And, and uh, well, we won, I think, that series in five games. And so it's, they're all great memories. I love Alvin Dark now, and, of course, he's gone. But uh, I knew he was a good baseball man, and I just I just didn't pitch very well. Visiting with Daryl Knowles in our Where Are They Now segment, Daryl, left-hand reliever for the Athletics. Daryl, how do you look back on those on those three years, uh, the legacy of being a part of a group that did something that is so difficult, not only to repeat but to do it three consecutive seasons? Well, I look back now and I think about how great a team we really had. I know that's that's said a lot, but it's so very very true. Um, there was no real weakness on our ball club, and what weakness there was, if there ever was, we overcame. And um, you know, I know there was always some off the field issues, but 
Well, somebody said it earlier today. When when the game went between the lines, we played well, and and we let all that other stuff go by. So, Dick Williams, I thought did a great job handling this. Uh, he let you know that if you played the game well or played the game right, he was ne- he'll never get upset with you. But if you didn't, I mean, he would let you know that as well. But he handled that guy, that group as well as anybody ever could have. So, I think a lot of credit needs to go to Dick. Darrell, I look at the numbers for you, and look, there were a lot of walks and not a lot of strikeouts. You had base runners, and yet you were able to kind of fight through those situations. What was the key for you through all those things where people would be, you know, in today's game, they would be, they would be screaming about a guy that's not <laughs> throwing strikes, but yet the bottom line is you're getting outs. Well, I, I was never what you'd call a real strikeout pitcher. I got my strikeouts, but I was more of a ground ball pitcher and, and kept the ball in the ballpark, and, and I think uh, that's not the way it is in today's game. Uh, I might not have been able to play in the big leagues today because I don't. I never threw over 90. I mean, I might have thrown close to 90, but I had good movement, good control. Uh, but I couldn't have pitched the way they pitch today. And I think that's why a lot of us old-timers, if you will, are not as happy with the game as we should be. But uh, uh, it's just a different type game. You may live in Florida now, but you were born in Missouri, mm-hmm. and you finished with the Cardinals. And for somebody that's from that state, that's – that does nothing but put a smile on your face. It may not have been the Daryl Knowles that pits in seven consecutive games of the World Series and won a World Series, but what was that experience like for you? Well, I grew up a Cardinal fan. Uh, Stan Musial was my idol. You and Ray. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and I, I, I loved the Cardinals. And unfortunately, it was at the tail end of my career when I got a chance to play there. And, and uh, my last year and a half in the big leagues was with the Cardinals. And I was okay, but I, I didn't have the same stuff as I had earlier. So it, it, it wasn't the same. You mentioned Dick Williams, but you played for Ted Williams. You played for Gil Hodges. I think you played for Whitey as well. With the no. card, or Whitey was around. He was around, yeah. But but what what was it like the experience that you had with, with some of those managers, and what was the conversation like with somebody like Ted Williams, who always loved hitting, and maybe having a conversation if he wanted to with a pitcher. He didn't. Ted, Ted didn't like pitchers. Uh, <laughs> uh, he he always thought he knew pitching, and we used to argue with him all the time. And we said, "You know how to hit pitching, but you don't know anything about pitching." And and he would, yeah, yeah, he'd give you all that stuff. But he was the most charismatic man I ever met in my life. Uh, was not the best manager, but I couldn't wait to get to the ballpark every day just to listen to him. He was that, he was that kind of a personality. Did you enjoy coaching? I did. I coached for 40 years in the minor leagues and a couple of years in the big leagues, but uh, I did. I, I, I knew I couldn't pitch anymore. I wanted to stay around the game. I had the opportunity. I got to work with a lot of young, young pitchers. Uh, I spent a lot of time in A-ball. But it was great because they are, they're like sponges down there. And uh, I was in AAA for a while, too. But some of those guys are – it's always – I don't want to take anything away from them, but it's like half of them are mad because they're not in the big leagues and the other half think they should get a chance to play in the big leagues. So it's, it's, it's different. I've asked some guys that have been around the game a long time looking at the modern game, and while there are tremendous athletes, Mike Trout, uh, oh. you know, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, uh, Juan Soto, the list goes on and on. But it seems like the, there's a lot of teaching coming from the grassroots up through different systems. Guys know how to swing, but they don't know how to hit. Guys know how to throw, but they don't know how to pitch. How do you, how do you see the game, and what would you like to see happen in the game? Well, I think you just said it in a nutshell. I mean, uh, guys know how to swing, and they, they, but they're all taught nowadays try to hit the ball up in the air. That was never the way when we played. Um, pitchers are the same way. They're, they're taught to throw high, try to throw the ball by people. We were never taught that it was always keep the ball down, keep the ball down. Uh, 
I guess the only way you can say it, I mean, baseball is baseball, but baseball today is not played the way it was back in my era. Uh, I don't watch as much baseball now as I used to because I don't like the way it's going. I mean, I, I, I think it's going to come back around because uh, I think it's going to have to. Everybody can't continue to throw 100 miles an hour. So uh, I know there's more strikeouts now than there ever was, and it's just the game is not the same. I don't think it's as in, enjoyable as it used to be. Darrell, just one final thought. You're wearing a, an A's jersey as you're being part of a group that's honored for the greatness of 72, and then you were part of 73 and 74 as well. You played for a number of teams, but what does it mean for you when you put on this particular jersey of green and gold? Wow, what great memories I have of, of this team and, and the fact that it allowed me to reach my ultimate goal, which is to play in the major leagues and play winning baseball and, and contribute. And I, I feel honored and thankful that I was able to do that. Great memories. Thank you, Daryl. Thank you. Daryl Knowles joining us in this segment of Where Are They Now? This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.